Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, and welcome to the Pinstripe Alley Podcast. Another sop coming at you this week. Shaw, how was your week? I guess there is a bit more exciting news, but not really. <laughs> it's it's pretty pretty good that uh, Greg Bird is uh, taking will soon be starting his rehab at the Tampa Tarpons. That will be yesterday because this podcast will be going up Friday. So. Hooray for Greg Bird. Yeah. So it's been a good week. I got a Jedi Judge bobblehead. Greg Bird's coming back. All right. More importantly, did you get me a Jedi Judge bobblehead? I got me a Jedi Judge bobblehead. And you and I are essentially the same person, so yes. So you're playing it like, since you have one, it's like the entire Prasop has one. Yeah, exactly. Good, we good. have one that I have in my possession. That I suppose that's a good strategy, at least. So it's better than no. That's true. It is better than <laughs> no. I'm happy someone can enjoy their Jedi Judge bobblehead. It is awesome. But when was that? Was that that was Friday, right? May the fourth. It was yes. May the fourth. Yes. It's a good day. It was a very good day. Saw Glaber Torres's very first home run. It was a big one. Twas. There was no. There was. That was a no doubter right there. I had no doubt in my mind, so you are correct. Yeah, I guess. I guess we should lead off the pasap. You know, we usually start with the bad, but there's really not much bad to talk about. I mean, there really hasn't been much. I mean, they've they've won. I guess we'll start with just the fact that you know they they were traveling for what was it, 18 games, something like that, with nonstop. Well, well, it wasn't 18 games that they were traveling for. They just had 18 games in a row, and that included a trip to uh, Los Angeles and Houston. Yeah, that's true. And that's right. We were recording the SOP when they were on their road trip, and they kind of didn't stop winning since then. In fact, uh, I don't think they've lost a game since uh, our last recording. Yeah, like they won as of recording this so Wednesday night they've won 16 of 17 that's pretty good and it was funny because like when like the nine game were what 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 did they get to nine or ten I forgot they had nine it was nine, nine. yes yeah, so then they lost that uh two to one game first to game, yeah. the Astros and then they proceeded to beat them yeah so a couple things on that first of all they could very well have won 17 in a row yes <laughs> if they could if they could hit Justin Verlander no no but, Justin Verlander was the game they won uh, that was that was the one he struck out 14, but in the ninth they used oh, Ken right. Giles. And, uh, Who the hell did they lose to? I'm going to say Charlie Morton. Uh, yeah, Charlie Morton. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah, again, but Vorlander strikes out 14 and the Yankees win because Domingo Herman and the rest of the bullpen uh, shut it down. Right. But it was funny, when that first streak ended, people joked around, like, you know, okay, well, time to start another nine-game winning streak, and, well... They're at seven. As of this recording, (laughs) they are currently at seven. But uh, the way Tanaka's pitching tonight, I don't know if that's going to last. 
Yeah, he's been uh, not sharp. Un- unsharp. Has, as of right now, he has thrown 52 pitches. It's the third inning, and uh, nobody out and one on. Oof. Uh, again, not sharp. No. He also let up a two-run home run to Mitch Moreland because uh, Tanaka, who has essentially abandoned his fastball, decided to throw him a 2-0 fastball. Oh, bold. Uh, Mitch Moreland yeah. surprised I will, I will, you know, not to give the Red Sox too much credit because, you know, screw them. But Exactly. Uh, they seem to be right on the money with Mitch Moreland. He's been doing pretty well for them. Yeah, he's been surprisingly good. Yeah. And, like, I think they're having their own, like, roster issues because, like, they got to find ways to give Mitch Moreland at-bats and Jackie Bradley Jr. sucks butts. He, he's not very, uh... Very good, but they need Jackie Bradley Jr.'s defense because he is, you know, great defensively. Right. Yeah, so they have their own, like, weird roster lineup issues going on. Well, I mean, they also have Eduardo Nunez, so their weird roster lineup right there is right. It's automatically <laughs> weird with uh, Nunez no. in there. Yeah. Well, he, was a, well, he was a little bit of a pest on uh, in Tuesday's game. He's always a pest. I know, but... I... I really wish the Red Sox didn't sign him because I love Eduardo Nunez and I need him not to be on a team I hate. <laughs> but the question is, do you love Eduardo Nunez or do you love the character of Eduardo Nunez? I, I love both. Oh, and there we go, Fair Tanaka. Enough. Much needed double play. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, no, I I love both the character of Eduardo Nunez and the actual smiling uh, Eduardo Nunez. I just need him not to be in a Red Sox. It's it's kind of like Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts would probably be like one of my favorite baseball players, not on the Yankees, if he wasn't on the Red Sox. Yeah, I really hate that I have to hate him, but I hate him. Exactly. Like who was it? Uh, oh, that was there was one time like Yoan Cespedes. He was a Red Sox. I'm like, oh, I have to hate you now. But, yeah, that, that was a weird like couple months and. Yoenis Cespedes history. <laughs> it was like uh, John John Lester left the Red Sox, and I started liking him. It's really that uniform that makes me just hate you. Yeah, I have no problems with John Lester right now. I don't really think of him as a Red Sox anymore, and think of him as a Cub. Although, uh, to be fair to that, um, I never stopped hating Jonathan Papelbaum, even when he was not. Well, no, on the Red he Sox. he's a shithead. Yes, exactly. He is an absolute turd, full of shithead person. Yes. I, I just well, had to get it all out there. It is it is funny that you mentioned uh, Lester and Cespedes, because weren't they traded for each other, I think, right? I, Lester went to the A's and, in exchange for Cespedes, and then I think Cespedes went to the Tigers for Rick Porcello, who's starting tonight against the Yankees? What a tangled web we weave. <laughs> oh, man, look at that. <laughs> Yeah, no, it all all comes full circle, I guess. But no, again, there's there's really not much bad to talk about. I mean, they haven't lost. Although, all right, let's just get that out of the way too, because this is the funniest thing. You know, we were talking about actually one of our topics was uh, Sunday, Sunday's game, and my I was running the um, the Pinstripe Alley Twitter at the time, and someone came on the Twitter like and was complaining about the offense. Like both both pitchers were throwing gems. And they were complaining, like, the Yankees' offense hasn't scored 
in like ten games or something, they're getting picked up by rookies. Like they've won. It's like they're they're winning, and you're complaining that the offense isn't doing well. It's like, how do you watch base? I'm sorry. How do you watch baseball like that? Well, it's like uh, somebody said that um, John Carlos Stanton has now hit. Well, he hit two home runs against the Red Sox yesterday, and he's also like just in his first four games against the Red Sox. I think there's only been one series so far. He's hit. Fa- he's hit them fairly well, and so Yankees fans should be excited about that, but they probably won't be. No, of course not. And that just kind of sums up. Essentially everything. There's just always somebody who's going to complain about something. <laughs> it's just it was just mind-boggling to read. Like I I normally don't like quote tweet uh, people on Twitter with takes and stuff. You know, usually I'll quote the good ones and say like, hey, no, this person's right. And I I try not to quote like the more trollish uh, ones, but my God, it's like that was just bad. <laughs> that was just like, how is this possible? You're you're saying this like they've literally won uh, fourteen out of 15 games and this is your takeaway from that it's like wow your take is bad and you should feel bad honestly that take is really the worst only the worst the the yeah the worst thing about the yankees this week because <laughs> since our last recording because they've been incredible and again i'm glad we're recording this now while tanaka is because two outs and now he's walked J.D. Martinez and Xander Bogart singled, and now he's facing Mitch Moreland again. Maybe don't throw him a two-all fastball. Just to... And he's at 61 pitches. Yeah, he's not long for this game. I was just trying to think, no. who who even is our long relief now? Because Armand's in the you know the rotation. Warren's still injured. I'm, I don't... L.J. Cole. No, R- A.J. A.J. Cole. R.C. Cole. R.C. Cole on yeah. Has he pitched a game? I don't think so. Is he still on the roster? <laughs> um, yes. <laughs> sure. Because, yeah, I don't think he's pitched a game, and he's been here for like a week now, two weeks. Oh, we're we're gonna see a bit of him soon, I think. Yeah. Is uh David Hill a Yankee or a Twin this week? No, he's. I think he's still a Yankee this week. Ah, so, oh man, we might get the AJ Cole David Hill game tonight. Hooray! Huzzah! I mean, we can't. We go... Like, I can't complain too much about Tanaka. He's due a bad game. Like, he got he got screwed over his last game, kind of just nibble, you know, nibbled to death, essentially. Yeah, I mean, and he's not even like necessarily bad right now. He's just not sharp. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I felt bad for uh, Severino in Tuesday's game because he pitched pretty well in just that one. Error by Sanchez, which led to, you know, he threw way more pitches than he should have. I mean, he only went yeah. six innings, but he easily, if, you know, that error wasn't made and stuff, is it was a, just a sloppy, you know, defensive game, which, again, the Yankees do have to get better at. You know, their defense is still, you know, not all there. No, it's, it, it's yeah, they need to get better at it. I don't know what else there is to say at that point. But I think the thing people are also forgetting is that this team is still young. Like, it's a young team. so young. And, like, this is, you know, know, all the talks about Gary Sanchez and pass balls and stuff. Like, this is still only his second, like, major season. You could already see, like, he's making improvements. But, you know, there's still still kinks to work out, and that's what he's here to do. Right. 
and you know he's also just really good and everyone should shut up yeah don't be wrong like you can you know it's it's a clear weakness but i again like the whole fan mindset of focusing on the one bad thing they do instead of the other incredible things like they do because i mean i think people take for granted like you know yeah, Sonny Gray pitches better to Austin Romine, it seems, but, you know, who doesn't have a problem throwing to Gary Sanchez? Luis Severino, CC Sabathia, you know. <laughs> Everyone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, like, he's, you know, pretty much calling good games, and the Yankees' rotation has been really solid lately, and so is their bullpen. That's why they're winning these games. It's not all their offense. No, yeah, and like you said, it's not to, like, discredit or say that, you know, we're not defending his, like, blocking ability. Obviously, it is a, a flaw and something that he needs to improve on, but it's just not as important as people make it out to be. No. Like, it wasn't It wasn't that important for Posada either. Like, he used to drive me crazy with his, you know, uh, games behind the plate sometimes. Like, he, he was terrible at, like, blocking the plate when, like, a runner was coming home, but I didn't care because he hit, like, Jorge Posada. Exactly. Well, there's a honk. Someone, someone oh, yeah. uh, honking at you? I, I, apparently. My window's open because if I have that closed and the AC off, it gets hard to breathe. Hey, you you should be recording this Basop in a, you know, in a sauna, I think. I should. I actually was in a sauna earlier. That's nice. <laughs> I miss saunas. Yeah, I haven't been in a sauna in a while. I usually go after every workout. Oh, nice. Yeah, there used to be a gym I used to go to in a... Uh, Times it was near Times Square. It was I think part of New York Sports Club, and they had both a sauna, a pool, and a, so I used to do that. Like you know, do a little workout, go for a swim, and then sit in the sauna for a bit. That was nice. Yeah, I love it. Enough <laughs> of our gym habits. Let's get back to the Yankees. <laughs> I guess. I suppose. But yeah, no. Uh, what an what an incredible like. This is looking like a like this team might be good. I guess the best way to put it. No, yeah, and oh, actually, uh, um, some not breaking news, but some important news. A few days ago, CC Sabathia announced that if the Yankees win the World Series this year, this is going to be it for him. Like he's going to retire. I don't blame him. And there's a and there's a very good chance they give him that goal. <laughs> like yeah, they. D- and he's a, he's a big part of it too. It's not even like you know they'll they'll have to like carry him. He's helping them do what they're doing. He's been phenomenal this so far yeah i mean he's got one of the lowest eras i mean we don't want to judge fully by era i know that but he's got one of the lowest in the league and he is that like you know uh change painting the corner fastball that just initiates the softest of ground ball contact has been so effective for him like he he it's sad like you know he's talking about retiring when he's truly reinvented himself he could you know in that motion and stuff he could probably pitch for another two to five years you know maybe not if it wasn't for like the knee because i'm i'm sure that's you know probably still giving him trouble too but i was gonna say yeah like that's probably why you know he's he's willing to hang it up because i'm sure like the last two three years now he's kind of he's definitely reinvented himself and he's been successful but that knee cannot it cannot be like you know fun to be pitching with that knee that no, not at all. And that's exactly disintegrating and melting I, into his body. But I feel him like if I really hope like they could win it for CC because you know people he's been such a 
great pitcher. You know, he had the off years and stuff, but, you know, I'll always treasure his time with the Yankees. I mean, that, that run from, like, uh, 09 to 12 before his injury was incredible. Yeah, I, I love CC Sabathia. Even, like, when he was struggling, just, like, his personality, his demeanor, he was never just, you know, he was always just like, yeah, I know I got to improve, I got to get better, like, trying to get better. It's not like he ever gave up or, like, you know, seemed like he checked out. His, his mind was always there. Yeah. And it was one of the things I love about him. And you think about it, it's hard for pitchers to reinvent themselves like that. You know, when you rely on something, I mean, look at, I mean, look at the, the Mets and Matt Harvey as a great example of like Matt Harvey in order to keep pitching has to totally reinvent himself because of his injuries and stuff like that. Yeah. And now he gets to do it as a Cincinnati red. Oh boy. <laughs> I think Brisby wrote something today, like how like that's the absolute worst place he could probably go to reinvent himself for numerous reasons. If Brisby's writing about the Mets, can I hope he finds out about what happened earlier today. Oh, I'm sure that's going to be a topic. Of, let's just all right. Let's just get it out there. The <laughs> Mets in in their in the most Mets thing possible, um, batted out of order. <laughs> I, which yeah, it, it, it blows. So Mets, I can just laugh. Exactly, it just blows. Like, how does that happen? How do you actually forget what your roster lineup is? How? It's literally posted on a, you know, it's on the giant screen as, like, this is who's up next. How does that yeah, happen? I, I don't know. And, like, it's funny because I guess Aaron Boone was asked about it earlier, like, right before the game, and he said the Yankees have eight different layers to make sure that doesn't happen to them, which, first of all, I want to know what those eight layers are. Like, what does that mean? Eight, eight different layers. Second of all, do you really need that many to just know what order you're batting in? Yeah. I mean, good lord. How how does that happen? Wait, is Gardner on, Gardner with another double tonight? Gardner had another. Gardner just had another hit another double and judges at bat. I know. Wow. Gardner's just like oh, take me out of leadoff spot. How dare you? Exactly. Again, like I again, like I really feel like the complaining about Gardner is a bit overblown because. It, this always happens. Like you think after a, like eleven years, they would get used to it by exactly, now. Exactly. Like Gardner goes on a bit of slump and then he starts hitting again. Like it's that's classic Gardner. Just yeah. like just he, like the batting out of order thing is classic Mets. Like I was discuss, I was talking to uh, Maya about it earlier, and she told me the best thing is like I did. You know, if I didn't see or read like which team does this. I'd have immediately assumed it was the Mets because oh, it just seems like yeah. the most Mets thing possible. It's so Mets. Yeah, I don't even know where it ranks on like a scale of Metsness. It's pretty high up there. I'm sorry, it's but... definitely high up there. It cost, though. it cost them a runner, right? Like a runner in scoring position. Yeah, it and was. They um... lost, and they lost by like a run in in the 11th, top tenth or eleventh again to the worst team in baseball right now. Right? Are they the worst? Let me let me just double check that to confirm. Ten, ten. No, oh no. The the Orioles and the White Sox are, as of now, worse because the Reds won today. Oh, the Reds are on a two game winning streak, and again they've been playing the Mets. And now they're getting uh, Matt Harvey to join that rotation. Yeah. Let's be honest. Right. Like, if the Reds were facing the uh, Mets earlier. Matt Harvey would one hundred percent pitch a seven game 
no-hit shutout. Because that, that would this be season? the... This season? yeah, because that would be the most Mets thing possible. Oh, if if Matt Harvey was facing the Mets. Yes. I, I misheard you, and I thought you meant if he was on the Mets and facing the Reds. I was like, no. Oh, okay, maybe that's what I said, and uh, <laughs> I messed that up. But yeah, no, that would be the most Mets thing possible. Oh, yeah, 100%. <laughs> But, Apparently he's going to join the team in L.A. so he won't be be there to face his old team with his new team, which is kind of sad. Yeah. But we're, that, that, the beauty of it is we're all going to tune in for Harvey Day on the Reds just to see, like, what happens. Oh, yeah. But it's going to be something. Ugh. It will be. But it's just – the Mets – I'll say the Mets are falling hard. Like, uh, injuries. I think I saw, like, Ioannis Espedes is playing – through like a a hamstring thing and his it's or like I think he's recovering from a hamstring thing and it's affecting it was his a, field defense. I'm like, oh, it what? was his quad. Oh, his quad. It was his, okay, his uh quote unquote fixed body part. Good. That that seems pretty mess. <laughs> what is what is? And it's and like they need him because he's like the only reason they ever win games. Yeah, he's really their only offense. But remember, they started eleven and one, so they're this was their year. To be fair, I think like I know Met fans, and I know that the majority of them pretty much had the assumption like this is gonna they're gonna crash. You know, it's like this is you know this is not gonna happen. Oh, I mean, if you're a real Mets fan, you should know not to expect anything else. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I told you right. I think I told you the story how uh, one of my best friends, who is a lifelong diehard Met fan. Um, one of our other friends were telling, you know, during, I think we were either at a game or at a dinner or something, and he was telling us how, uh, he became a Met fan in, like, the year 2000 when he moved to New York from, uh, Colorado, and he's, it was the first time he decided to get into baseball, and he chose the Mets, and my diehard Met fan friend yelled at him, like, what's wrong? <laughs> he said, like, what is wrong with you? How dare you choose the Mets? It's like, I have to be a Met fan. Like, I grew up with this. Like, I can't quit now. But you ch- you had a choice, and you chose the Mets over the Yankees? Like, what is what is wrong with you? I would have picked the Yankees in a heartbeat. They win. They don't... I wish I could root for them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I wish I could pick the Yankees. And, oh, hey, Giancarlo just hit a... Let's see if it's a double, but it's going to be two runs. It's a two-run double. Uh, I see in-play runs. It's now three to two Yankees. Hello. <laughs> non si poisto parlo. Oh, no, that's not a home run, but all right. No. Let me be honest with you, because I saw your headline for uh, <laughs> today, which is really good. I really am starting to like the uh, non si poisto parlo thing, because it's just so bad. I, It's one of Sterling's so bad, I just find it entertaining. Oh no, it actually, this is actually like, really makes me cringe. I, so I actually didn't watch yesterday's game. I was at the movies and I saw this, I watched Super Troopers too. Oh, nice. (laughs) It was a $5 Tuesdays at AMC, so my buddy and I were like, hey, wanna go? Oh, we have five, we have $5 tickets here at our Icon Theater. I think I've told you this on the Passop too, and it's like my favorite thing because you get $5 tickets and you get free small popcorns each ticket. It's wonderful. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they do $5 uh, movie tickets at AMC now, and then you'll also get, like, a $5 small popcorn and small soda. So not a bad deal. 
But anyway, so I was watching John uh, Carlos two home runs today because he hit two home runs off of Drew Pomeranz, and I was like cringing at my desk, and I was like, I need John Sterling to retire right now because Never. I cannot deal with Nancy Pomeranzarlo. Come on, anymore. that one was better than the second one. I don't the the one where he forgot how to say the first one. No, no, he. I think he has two calls where he like. There's one where he sings and stuff. Oh my god, I erased that from my head. <laughs> <laughs> he does have one where he sings. It's somehow worse. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's a foreign language and he sings. He breaks both rules. And then he sings a Giancarlo. <laughs> oh god. It's so bad. Yeah, but no, I have not yet reached it's so bad and it's funny territory for his home run calls. It ruins the highlights for me. Oh, it does not ruin them for me. Like, honestly, I go looking for them just to hear them at times. Especially like, uh, you know, Gary is Scary, which is a weak one, but it's not, like, offensively terrible. <laughs> like, non-supposed This, was a, this oh, one's offensively oh, terrible. Oh, it's offensively bad. But, oh, I love him. Uh, I can't help but love the man. Like, he, you know, he does, honestly, he does need to retire just for, you know, he doesn't exactly call game action that well but man he does make the exciting plays exciting gary sanchez just hit a single to move uh john carlo to third oh that gary is scary he is scary (laughs) hey david price was supposed to pitch this game and he got a sudden case of um i don't want want to face gary sanchez againism yeah gary has done nothing but destroy david price Throughout his career. Yeah, and I guess, like, Rick Porcello was actually supposed to start tomorrow, so they moved him up a day. I wonder if, like, you know, that can't be good for him. Pitchers are very, like, you know, especially starting pitchers, they're very, whatever the word is, about their whole schedule. Strict, for lack of a better term. Yes. Something like that. Something like that. Aaron Hicks should drive in these runs. I'm. I will be. I will say. You know, we should talk about this because there is something the Yankees have been doing this season. I feel they never did like in the past, like two seasons. They're hitting more sack flies. Are they? I. This is this is again just going off of an eye test. So, you know, someone is welcome to correct me with stats. Maybe I'll bring it up in a uh, the PSA Slack topic discussion channel just see if anyone wants to actually look at that but i feel like they're getting more productive outs this season mind you it also seems like they're being thrown out at the plate more as jason wrote about in his article about you know phil nevin sending oh that was a terrible oh i yelled at him i I yelled at the tv (laughs) you yelled at jason no no not jason 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 was i liked his article today because one of my favorite articles Jason's ever did was his examination of that one send by Rob Thompson. Oh, God, and it was like yeah. One of the worst sends I've ever seen. Nevin's wasn't that bad, but, it, you know, it was, it was a terrible send. And it's like they're, they're making a lot of outs at home, but I also feel like they're just hitting more sack flies and productive outs. They're, you know, people love to talk about, like, you know, the whole stupid, uh, they need to win other than hitting home runs, which I find ludicrous. But, hey, they're doing that this year. Ooh, in-play runs. What did Aaron Hicks do? Uh, sack fly. That, again? See? <laughs> what am I talking about? 
I was letting you finish before I told you. Time but, to stop topic. Pasopic. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I've noticed one way or the other that it's been a higher than normal amount, but I'm not going to say I've watched enough or paid attention enough to Sackflies to agree or disagree with you, but so I'll say, cool. Neat. <laughs> Neato, gang. But yeah, there's um, one of the famous uh, Twitter guys who's always at the game. I think uh, Josie McFly is basically saying like how the Sackfly is overrated. I mean, underrated. The Sackfly is underrated. And I mean, I'm always, I'm always a fan of sack flies. You know, get a run in, possible. Yeah, I mean, I don't love him as much as like, John Sterling does because John Sterling loves productive outs more than I think he anyone loves his should. Puns. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, don't get me wrong. I've, always, I mean, I've always been the first person to tell people like strikeouts don't matter. Like, who gives a crap? An out is an out. But I'm also not going to argue that a quote unquote productive out is not better than a strikeout. Like, yes, it obviously is. But at the end of the day, I just don't care that much. But yeah. Well, yeah, when you're when it's driving in a run, like in, yes, it's obviously better to have one more run than you did before. I will concede that point. Yes. All right. <laughs> well, Neil up Neil Walker is at the plate, and I feel we should talk about him a bit because uh, his bat is getting better. Yeah. No. He he's been uh really good of late, and I think uh, Jake Devin just wrote an article about how. His slow start might have been attributed to the fact that the Yankees, you know, signed him late in the offseason. So he didn't have uh, late. Yeah, late in the offseason. So he didn't have as much time to prepare. And, you know, there just may be something to that because he's really heating up recently. No, I often forget that he did not have that big of a spring training. So, yeah, this is very uh, it seems like he is starting to hit a lot better and not for nothing. Tyler Austin is starting to slow down a bit. Well, he's also played, like, two games in, like, ten days because he was, like, suspended, then he came back, and then he died, and then Neil Walker's been playing well, so... Yeah, exactly. But over his last seven days, which is... I mean, it's only five games, like, four starts, but, you know, so over the last week, Neil Walker's hitting 455 and OPSing 1300. So, you know, that's good. That, that's pretty good at all. It's pretty good indeed. <laughs> yeah. Again, like and like the last two weeks, he's hitting two fifty nine, and he's OPSing seven thirty, which isn't great, but you know, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's coming around from what it was. Yeah, exactly. And again, like Neil Walker is it people? You know, again, some people just have bad starts, bad April, but Neil Walker is a talented player, so you know. It's going to come down to the fact that, you know, not saying that Tyler Austin hasn't, you know, done his job, but, you know, like you like we've said on Pasops before, you know, with the whole roster crunch and stuff, the problems are probably going to solve themselves a lot of times. Like, you know, who do you bring up when Greg or who do you send down when Greg Bird is healthy? Um, it might again might be Tyler Austin. Yeah, like for a while, it looked like Neil Walker would be. If the Yankees could trade him, trade him, traded, or, you know, possibly even cut because he was that bad. And now, you know, just a week or so later, this, the rule of the situation is flipped and it looks like, you know, if Greg Bird comes back and it's still like this, Tyler Austin's probably going down to AAA and Greg Bird's coming up. Exactly. And but we mentioned earlier, uh, Greg Bird it will be rehabbing 
uh, yesterday. Well, he starts his rehab yesterday at the Tampa Tarpons, and they're saying, I believe they said about they're hoping for 10 to 20 days before, or 10 to 20 games before he's called up, which, again, would be on schedule for when he was uh, supposed to be up. I think yesterday or um, Tuesday, I think he hit a home run in a sim game or something like that. Yeah, so everything you said, yeah, they said about 10 to 20 days. Um, he did hit a home run yesterday, so I think that's uh, the 10 to 20 is going to vary greatly on you know how well he's hitting and how well he progresses. So he's starting off in Tampa just to kind of get his timing. I'm sure he'll eventually join uh, Scranton to continue his rehab before they ultimately make a decision, whether it's like 10 days, two weeks, or, you know, the full 20 days. Yeah. We'll see. But either way, you need to, I don't know if you saw that GIF I posted in the Slack, but I want to see Greg Bird's face on that GIF eventually, my friend. I was working on it before uh, we started recording, that's, so... That's exactly what I like to hear. That That's, <laughs> that's why we're friends, because yes. you make my crazy ideas happen. It's definitely a, a more interest in me than uh, Infinity War memeing Jacoby Ellsbury, mainly because that one requires a lot of effort, and I don't care to put that much effort into Jacoby Ellsbury. That's fair. Oh, I, let's <laughs> let's talk about that again, so... <laughs> He's still injured, folks. Uh, there's still now. No, still no timetable for him coming back, and they had to suspend him for a bit because he was feeling under the weather, ill. Because he's well, just... yeah, they didn't they didn't suspend him. He wasn't punished. They should. <laughs> they should <laughs> just just suspend him eighty games for being. Can they suspend him without pay? Does, and <laughs> will that help the luxury tax? <laughs> Cashman, I figured out the plan. Just suspend him without pay for conduct detrimental to the team. <laughs> Although his conduct is actually helping the team. No, it really is. Like, him constantly being injured is a, a huge boon right now. A huge Aaron boon. Woo! That made no sense, but I needed to say it. No, I'm glad you did. Uh, Clint <laughs> Frazier, I think his rehab is going well. So, I'm not sure if there's an official timetable for him being back, but... Did you hear anything about that? Yeah, I didn't see anything timetable-wise, and I'll be honest, I haven't really paid attention to his uh, rehab, so I don't know how it's going, but I haven't heard anything bad either, so that's maybe good. Yeah, I mean, I heard, like, there's still there's still no timetable for uh, Brandon Drury. Like, he was sent down to Trenton because the doctor was there, so I think they just sent him down to rehab there to be close to him, and I think they're calling him back up to Scranton soon, but there's still no official word on when he'll be back. Yeah, the thing with Brandon Drury is, like, so he seemed to be making good progress, and then he got to uh, Scranton, and we talked about this, I think, uh, last week, where, you know, he made, like, three errors in a game, and then... um, Bobby Mitchell, the Scranton Rail Riders manager, said that he doesn't think that Drury is still 100% yet. So it makes sense to like send him down to Trenton if that's where like the doctor is and you know keep him close to there because I'm assuming if he's still playing that the doctor has you know okay Drury still continuing uh, baseball activities and playing games, but it's probably good to keep the doctor nearby so you can regularly check up on him. And holy crap, I love Didi Gregorius. Oh, what did he do? Nice play. Uh, 
Tanaka just induced a, uh, a double play to get out the inning. And yeah, it was a really nice throw by Didi to get, I forget who, at, who was Devers. the batter. Was Devers the batter? At, uh, well, Devers was running towards second, so I assume. Yeah, so I just forgot who the bat- batter was. Oh, okay. So he got Devers, and then the, the throw he made was like, he was r- lunging through the base, and yeah, it was just really pretty. Yeah. Like m- many of Didi Gregorius's plays are. We should talk about that too. Like we know, we, you know, there's been some shoddy defense at times, but uh, the double play tandem of Sir Didi Gregorius and Glaber Torres looks really good because Glaber Torres looks really good on defense. Yeah, and so it's funny because when he was coming up, like. I don't think scouts or whatever were really in love with his defense, but they they thought he would you know he would be fine defensively, but he still needed a little bit of work. But I think the difference between then and now, besides you know just time and reps and everything, is that the scouts were talking about his defense as a shortstop, but he's the Yankees' second baseman right now, and he's been phenomenal. He, right? And not just phenomenal, but he's making plays. That look effortless, almost, and dare I say, Cano-esque in terms of. I mean, the ease we were of running really close to not mentioning Cano on this podcast, no, so we'll I'm probably glad. mention him every podcast. Every podcast, so, <laughs> rules is rules. Exactly. So, but no, I mean, like the arm strength to get it to first looks good. The range looks incredible, and he makes it look like almost effortless, and it is a pleasure to see again. Yeah, it's been nice to like be happy about the second base situation because I really haven't been since Cano left. No, again. And not to be, you know, it's still young, but my God, he just does not look overmatched at all at the plate. Like in his first few games, you know, it was clearly that bit of, you know, rookie nervousness, but he looks like he's just like, what what really impresses me about Torres at the plate is how quickly he seems to make adjustments. Like, this, yes. Almost like immediately, like, you know, you may get him out the first time through the order, but like the second time, he looks like he's already prepared. Like he's like gone over all like the data or whatever from your first, you know, from your first go through and he just looks ready and prepared and he usually gets a hit. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, his first few games, he looked a little like, you know, rookie eagerness. I'd argue that I don't even think it was that long. I think it was just his first at bat. Because even his first game, like I, like I went there to watch it in person, and like the first at bat, you could tell he was clearly just like eager to try and do something. But then even like the second and third at bats, like he settled down. Like he just made he, he still he didn't get a hit that day, but he just looked like he adjusted so well. Like immediately, he just he's, he probably just thought to himself, "All right, first one's out of the way. I didn't get a hit. All right, whatever. What can I do now?" Yeah, exactly, and. I will say, like, it's just, it's really impressive. Like, you could tell, I love uh, one of the link dumps I did. Uh, like, Cashman has, apparently, like, Brian Cashman has had his eye on Glaber Torres since even before he was on the Cubs. Like, he's been eyeing him since, like, um, way before that. And when he had the chance to get him from the Cubs, he took it, like, immediately. And he had to just, he had to just give, uh, get Hal to sign off on it. You know, I'm going to say this, too. I think I've mentioned this before, but I will really give, like, you know, because there was a lot of talk about how, you know, the moves made in 2016 are the reason, like, this 2018 team looks so good. And I will give credit to Hal Steinbrenner for, like, 
you know, finally saying, you know, all right, enough, time to, you know, sign off on trading assets and, you know, looking towards the future because, you know, you know, there's all this talk about between like, oh, if the boss were here, I don't know if, you know, George Steinbrenner does that kind of thing, you know, back. Well, like half of this team wouldn't be Yankees right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And because, you know, George has always win now no matter what the cost and Hal still wants to win, but he also seems a bit more uh, intelligent about it, you know, so. No, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so I, I said I'll definitely give Hal Steinbrenner, you know, a lot. I won't give Hank Steinbrenner a lot of credit because I have no idea what Hank Steinbrenner actually does for the Yankees. I think he's the king of the hill. <laughs> well, bravo. <laughs> That's really all I know. But no, so I mean, that's that's the main thing. Like, Hal did have to sign off on all of this, and he did. So, you know, I give him props for that. Like, yeah, maybe it seems silly to give him props for most, you know, intelligent thing to do, like the easy decision, but hey. But it's not something that we're used to seeing. Exactly. So, so and what's, what's, again, what's so scary about that 2016 team is like, after they did all that, they still almost made it. Well, that's because Gary Sanchez decided to take 24 dudes and put them on his back. Yes, that was big of him. That was. Uh. And, yeah, no, so it's funny that you mentioned that because, uh, so, yeah, Hal Steinbrenner signed off on those moves that kind of, you know, turned the Yankees in, from what they were into what they are today. But those moves have really yet to pay off except for Glaber Torres. He's like the only big acquisition that they got that's playing regularly right now. Like, Clint Frazier, whether it, it's been, like, injuries and, like, you know, some bad luck. So he, he made his debut, but he hasn't really, quote-unquote, contributed as much. But, so, like, people may want to, like, undersell the value of that. But the thing is, how signing off on those moves allowed them to go and go ahead and call up Gary Sanchez, allowed them to accept that they were, quote-unquote, rebuilding to basically put all their cards on Aaron Judge last year to give Luis Severino a chance to bounce back from his uh, crappy sophomore year. So, yeah, like whether like those moves that they made aren't paying off with like the specific players on the field, they are paying off because they've allowed the players who are on the field right now to be on the field. Exactly. And that's you. Again, I got to give him credit for that. Like I again, like I think Hal is genuinely excited about this young Yankees team as we are, you know? Well, he's excited because that means he doesn't have to pay him big bucks for a long time. Well, of course, but, you know, <laughs> I think he still enjoys watching them. I'll give him that. Oh, no, yeah. All right, that's enough praising of the Steinbrenners. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much. All right. Get on your rocket, Hal. <laughs> that's enough of your crap. <laughs> All right, uh, I think that's it for main pasopics today. Let's see, Mets, Kaka, Sunday, Neil Walker, The Streak, uh, Farts. Uh, we kind of discussed Farts, did we? Mm. Um, we could talk more about it if we want to, but... Let's just get to the Yankee and me tray of the week. <laughs> I'm sorry, the Yankee and <laughs> me tray of the week. There we go. All right, who is your me tray of the week? <laughs> so my me tray of the week... Is going to go to Matt Provenzano from Pinstripe Alley, or no longer from Pinstripe Alley, because he's abandoned us to go be the managing editor beyond the box score. That traitorous, disloyal son of a bee. Exactly. Oh. I hate him for it. How dare he leave us? But 
in the other end, good for you, Matt. Like uh, congratulations, very well deserved. Yes, you've always been, you know, one of the main stat guys, and I believe Beyond the Box Store is a big stat site. <laughs> they do go beyond the box score. Ah, oh, that's what stats are. I see. <laughs> now uh, the name makes sense. Now he's going to get into the cyber matrix of it all. Yes, I I did like uh. Uh, Matt Farinchek saying, like, now we have to call you Stat Provenzano. <laughs> Which, to be fair, why haven't we called him that already? Well, because we don't think of these things. That's why we need Farinchek <laughs> on the staff. He, he's just smarter yeah, than he's us. He's not allowed to leave. <laughs> nope. But, yeah, congrats so, yeah. to you, Matt uh, Provenzano. Kudos to you. I'm sure you're going to do great things over at Beyond the Box Score. Uh, yeah. I I have yes. I have thought of my Mitre of the Week finally. So go for it. It's Phil Nevin, the third base coach. Cause oh, that's a good one. Cause yeah, two, there's two bar two not just one bad send because that send of Glaber was bad, but there was that other one with uh, Giancarlo, and like sending him when there's no possible way he was going to be safe, or like you know that's that grounder to first, and. You know, sending Giancarlo. Maybe, maybe if he slid, he's safe. But I'm sorry, it was still a terrible send. Stop sending people badly. Yeah, and even like to lead off the game we're watching right now, like so Brett Gardner hit a double, then uh, Aaron Judge hit a single to uh, left field, and even like I think it was David Cohen or Paul O'Neill on the broadcast who like made a comment like, "Oh, Phil Nevin's going to be aggressive again today," and like so obviously Gardner scores scored, so it worked out. But it was. At first, like a kind of questionable send, I was like, "Ooh, that's cutting it a little close." But I guess you know, Gardner at least has the wheel, so it did make sense, or it did work out at least. But yeah, but Eleven, stop your shit. I'm sorry, like this is not this is lineup is. I'm sorry, it's a bit too good to be aggressive. Like when I think of aggressive sends, I think of teams that you know need multiple ways score. to score. Yeah, they need you know they have to try those things because. You know the the further down lineup is not going to help them score. This is not that team. Like Glaber again, Glaber Torres is batting incredibly, and he's batting ninth. You know, Andowar was a doubles machine. He's eighth. Neil Walker's bat starting to pick up, and he's seventh. This is not a this is not a forgiving lineup, and we shouldn't be seeing like these aggressive sends, especially when I mentioned earlier, heroically mentioned earlier, that they're getting more sack flies. Exactly, like. Don't risk giving them free outs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they've been doing, and they've been a little bit more free outs, you know, than I like to see. Exactly. Yes. I like them to pay for outs. Exactly. Thank you. That was pretty <laughs> brave of me to mention the sack flies earlier. It was. I'll uh, I'll give you a shout out. All right. Thanks. Maybe I, I should be where, your Yankee of the week. Yeah. <laughs> That's that sounds about right. Who was your actual Yankee of the week? Oh. Oh, Benintendi hit a home run. Oh yeah, there he, it is. He did that. Ooh, he it, did, it was he in did, the blue he, he area the too, so it doesn't seem like it was that bad a pitch. But uh. no, it wasn't that bad of a pitch, at least from what I saw initially. But it makes me sad. Oh, I so mean, four three Yankees now. <laughs> Tanaka picked it up the last inning, so he's only at seventy nine. If he can give him six, I'd be happy. If he gets to six, like gets through six, that would be a very, you know. It would surprise me a lot because I did not expect him to like go past like four. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, but so uh, Shaw, who is your Yankee of the week? My Yankee of the week. We talked about him a little earlier, but uh, Neil Walker. All right, good choice. 
Neil Walker has been, as we discussed, he's really turned it up. But, you know, his bat's coming alive. Maybe uh, crap. Nope, never mind. Hanley Ramirez just scared me, but high, uh, high ball, it is high as far as caught at the wall. It was just like the angle off of uh, the the angle off of the bat where I can't actually hear anything, so I really just it just looked gone. Right. Ooh. Until they showed, the, and but Gardner caught it, so we're good. Yay. <laughs> anyway, back to Neil Walker. Yeah, he's my Yankee of the week. He's really been uh, hitting well, doing his thing, and uh, starting to come a lot, come around. Yeah, can't go wrong there. I mean. Yeah, he's again having his bat pick up again is just going to be a, a huge, huge uh, help for the team, like no doubt about it. And yeah, good job. Like I'm, I'm happy because I, you know, you kind of worried a bit, like, you know, they're going to have to get rid of him, that kind of stuff. But no, I mean, if his bat keeps picking up like it is, again, Neil Walker is a talented player, and again, we still got him for cheap. So no matter what, like again, um. Low risk, high reward, I'd say. For sure. Um, if he, you know, if he just needed that like month to kind of get his timing right, and you know, you know what else it could have helped is just like he's been playing a little bit more consistently because like Tyler Austin's been suspended and dead. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, maybe Tyler Austin punching Joe Kelly was for the best. Neil Walker should. Uh, Thank Tyler Austin for spiking Brock Holt, which caused Joe Kelly to be a giant baby. <laughs> you know, when you put it that way, it does seem kind of stupid, doesn't it? It's, it was always stupid. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, oh, Judge, with the diving play to end the inning. Again, I think people sometimes forget, like, Judge is actually a really good fielder, which is why yes. it's going to be perfectly fine when you have Judge in center, Giancarlo in left and Bryce Harper in right field. Exactly. I don't see the problem with that at all. None. None whatsoever. None. None see problem, Arlo. <laughs> That's totally going to be <laughs> the title of this podcast. <laughs> Sometimes they just come to you, you know? Yeah, you, you've done it now. <laughs> Bravo. Well, well done, Sean. You, you might have earned my Yankee of the Week this week if I wasn't already planning to give it to uh, Luis Severino. Because remember how the last podcast we were recording when Severino was pitching? And we did, you know, we stopped before he you know, finished the game, but he threw a five-hit shutout and no runs and pitched you know, a complete game shutout. And it was just an incredible performance. Like, again, like throwing... 98, 99, 100 after, like, he's throwing 100-plus pitches. It's just incredible to watch. And then he came out Tuesday and pitched a gem against the Red Sox. You know, got some defensive woes, which did not help his pitch count any in certain innings. But he still, again, still shut down the Red Sox, which is always impressive. Yeah, it's, you know, he had that one bad start this year against the Red Sox where, you know, he kind of got lit up for, I forget exactly how many runs, but... Outside of that, he's been exactly, you know, what you expect Luis Severino to be right now, and he's the Yankees' ace. It, um, before today's game, even, uh, Alex Cora was just, like, praising Severino, like, just, you know, this guy's amazing, he's a, one of the best pitchers in baseball, and it's true, it's, he's really earned it. And throughout this whole streak, like, the starting pitching has been phenomenal. Yeah, Sabathia, 
Uh, Gray's been pitching better now that he's pitching a Romine, I guess. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I kind of just said that because I know it kind of bothers you a bit. I'm gonna. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I know. Like, I'm like, you're doing this on purpose. Oh, I'm aren't totally you? <laughs> doing it on purpose. I'm a dick. But uh, I know, no, but I know so- you well enough. Sabathia's doing well. Severino's, again, their ace. I mean, again, Tanaka doesn't have his best stuff today, but if he gets through six, you know, three runs, seven hits against this, you know, Red Sox lineup, it's still decent outing. You know, it's all, you know, even when you... That's what I always loved about Tanaka. Even when he's not 100% sharp, he can usually find a way to make it work and still give the team a chance to win. Ooh, in play, no out for Aaron Judge. That's always good. So, yeah, um... Porcello threw the ball away, so Judge advanced the second. <laughs> cool. Yeah. I love errors. Except errors when, are fun. Except when, you know, we have them, and I believe we lead the league. In the, and but anyway, not. Severino, Yankee of the Week. Uh, keep, yeah, and... Keep being Cy Young good. Please and thank you. Yes. Also, I did this last week, but I'm going to do it again. Because I was really debating between Neil Walker and Domingo Armand for my Yankee of the Week, but I ended up giving it to Walker because it seems like he needed it. Yeah, he but again, it. I want to give a shot, special shout-out to Domingo Herman because on Sunday, or on Domingo, yes. Sunday Herman pitched six innings of no-hit ball for his first career major league start. Yeah, that was we didn't talk about that at all. That was incredible. We, yeah, and so it kind of sucks that Boone only lifted him for pitch count, but, you know, I was fine with the move because going into it, Aaron Boone, like, you know, was hoping for, in his in his words, like he said, 70 pitches or about five innings is, like, the best I'm hoping for, and he ended up going six pit innings and 84 pitches. So Boone did let him go past, you know, what his initial limit was. So that just shows you how, like, effective and efficient Herman was. And... The other good thing about it is Armand admitted to like overthrowing a bit towards the end, like you know he was wearing out because you know he just hasn't been uh, built up for that yet. Yeah, he's not. He so, wasn't. He's not been stretched out to be a starter, so it, it was one hundred percent the right move. So I I had no problem with Boone taking him out at all because he's not stretched out at all yet. So you have to, you know, you're gonna need again with Montgomery out six to eight weeks, you're gonna need Herman possibly in the rotation. And what a what a what a stamp, what a performance. Yeah, and like, you know, a lot of times, especially like, you know, when being taken out a no-hitter, you'll see a pitcher like pout or whatever because, you know, they're throwing a no-hitter. They don't want to be taken out. And you saw uh, Armand in the dugout. He was all smiles. Like, people were congratulating him. He was just happy about what he was able to do. Yeah, no, what a, what, and, what a, what a, that was beautiful to watch. And his stuff, like, he had some, like, nice movement on his pitches. It was, it was a joy to watch. Yeah, um, Travis Sochik of Fangraphs actually wrote a good piece about Armand and, uh, you know, how it's like time to give him the attention he deserves. And he has like the stuff to actually make it as a starter in the majors. Yeah, I mean, that's, and sometimes all he just needs is that, you know, your shot. You need an opportunity. Yeah. You need a chance. He's going to have it. <laughs> well, we definitely don't Speaking need a of chance. chance. We definitely don't need a chance right now because, oh boy, is he, uh, falling hard. Right, that's what I was going to say, like, building off of what you said, and Rick Porcello just hit Giancarlo. Don't hit Giancarlo, you dick! That's bold. What if Giancarlo like, actually charged the mound? Rick Porcello would be dead! More like Dick Porcello. Nice. Boom. Although, the bases are loaded, and there are no outs, so... Yeah, I don't think it was on purpose. <laughs> no, probably not. 
Uh, yeah, but um, to your point that they need Armand to like pitch right now because Montgomery's hurt, and that's the reason Armand's getting his chance. That pun was not intended. Okay. And Chance I'll, Adam I'll was done after. It really wasn't. That one wasn't. The first one was. Obviously. But okay, continue. And Chance Adams was taken out after two and two-thirds innings in his start today after allowing five runs on seven hits. Not good. And 70 pitches. That, wow. <laughs> that is uh, piss poor. That is, yeah. Ooh. That's not good. <laughs> no. No, it is not. So, yeah. And you know what? I have an honorary uh, Yankee of the Week. Um, it is Miss Tanya Bondurant, or Waffles, because today, as of this recording, is her birthday. And it was nice that the Yankees gave her a bit of a present with good Greg Bird news. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, Waffles! Woo! To our double Khaleesi. That's right. She's been promoted from Khaleesi to double Khaleesi because she's now SB Nation's MLB League Manager. Exactly. She's st- I like that. that she's still, you know, with Matt moving up to you know manager of beyond the box score beyond the box score she's still you know he's still her minion so it all yes. works it all really works out it's all going according to plan for her <laughs> <laughs> all right i think it's about time we uh wrap this sop up yeah yeah all right i don't think there's much else to go on except gary sanchez is at bat with uh bases loaded yeah and nobody out so He's up two to one. All right. So, you know, if you uh, want, of course, like, comment, and subscribe. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, leave comments. Hey, give us some feedback. You know, we'd love to hear some. You can follow us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me at, on Twitter at I'm Not a HR Hitter. Shaw, where can they follow you today? Well, since he's leaving the site, you can follow me at, at MattProv94. Ah, good. Feel free to. Feel free to at him with all your Pesach related complaints and, you know, cringe related complaints. He'll be sure to answer them. Uh, yes, that's big of you. Yeah. Again, con- congrats, uh, Matt Provenzano. Uh, you can follow us at our site, pinstripealley.com, of course. You know, you can leave comments in the posting of the Pesach. You know, hey, tell us how we're doing. Tell us if you think we suck. And tell Matt how we're doing. Especially tell Matt how we're doing. <laughs> he needs to know what he left behind. Exactly. <laughs> well, well Gary's at a full count now. I see. All right, we're just going to end it before anything happens because we don't want to keep you in suspense. For Kun Shaw and I'm Greg Kirkland, uh, thank you all for listening. Once again, go Yankees and screw the Red Sox. Goodbye, everybody. See ya.